Hello, friend, and welcome into this bonus episode of Bible Talk. I'm your host, Angie Bauman, and with me is my perfect co-host. Before I pressed record, we were just laughing about using the word perfect. So, but my perfect co-host is Susie Crosby. Susie, thank you so much for perfectly hosting with me. Thank you, Angie. <laughs> are you are you a recovering perfectionist? I am. Yes, me too. All right. So this is good. So we, we, we would love to be perfect, but we know we are not right. And so, um, but it is perfect that you are joining us for this episode and Susie, I'm so glad that you are joining me once again. Susie is the author of the devotional, just one word, a book of 90 devotions, all based around using one word to set our minds on the never ending power of God's work in our lives. So because Susie uses one word to find life application and since my step-by-step Bible study uses one word to find life application. Uh, this is a perfect combination of one word girls uh, in order to do a little bit of a deep dive on a verse of scripture. And our verse today is from the gospel of Mark chapter three, verse 25. And it says this, if a house is divided, this is from the NIV. If the house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And that verse is the theme for the podcast episode that dropped on June 15th, which would be earlier this week if you're listening to this bonus episode when it drops. And my guest for that episode was a woman by the name of Elise Smith. And Elise coaches women in business to overcome what she calls their inner dream stealer or the voice of defeat and discouragement that comes from the enemy. I'm familiar with that voice. How about you, Susie? So familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the podcast episode, we talked a lot about divided thinking, those kind of questions, like, what are we going to focus on? Are we going to focus on our doubts and insecurities? We all have those. Are we going to focus on the possibility of failure or are we going to focus on the calling, the provision, the care, the guidance of our Lord and creator? And so I'm going to start with Susie, as I always do here with these Bible talk episodes, we're going to talk first to Susie. Will you read the verse from whatever version you chose? and maybe tell us what word, what one word you focused on and what you learned. All right. I like to use the uh, ESV mm-hmm. and uh, it's really close to what you read. It says, and if a house divided it again is against, if, sorry, let me start that over. <laughs> that not perfect at all. And if a house <laughs> is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And I chose the word stand it was actually a little bit hard to find a good definition of what I'm picturing for stand. I was picturing um, standing up, being upright on your feet, not sitting or erect. Uh, it also, in some of the definitions I found, talks about remaining firm or continuing. So to continue to endure or to persist. And I think I'm going to kind of use both of those. Like instead of not sit, like not fall almost. Yes. Like it, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're exactly right. Oh, I'm I, cutting in. I'll be quiet. Well, the opposite of standing is to fall down, right? It's to fall, uh, to end or to cease, to collapse. Like if someone collapses mm-hmm. somewhere, they're doing the opposite of standing and, um, what I thought about a lot with stand is that I'm a, I'm a PE teacher. I teach a lot of things now, but I taught PE mostly for quite a few years. And, and I loved PE when I was a kid as well. And I, we no longer play dodgeball type of games where we throw balls at people. 
Um, but I used to like that. I, and kids, most of the kids I knew liked it. There are, I know now lots of adults who are traumatized from dodgeball or Socom or whatever words there that game was called for them. But I, in like fifth and sixth grade, upper elementary, we would just have these brutal matches of dodgeball and we would throw those balls so hard across the line and try to get, you know, hit the other person. So they had to go out, they had to go stand on the side. And um, I'm, I'm pretty competitive, so I would play hard. I would usually not hide in the back. I'd be moving around trying to get people, but then occasionally I'd get hit and it hurt a little bit and I'd go out and stand on the side and hate that. But because uh, I, I don't like to lose or get out, I want to stay in the game. I want to stay in the fight. So uh, if you think about this verse and a house being divided against itself, and not being able to stand, I guess I thought about, you know, what would it be like if you played against yourself, if you were on the other, you know, if you were basically just throwing the ball at yourself and having to go out, um, that doesn't make sense to me at all. I mean, it might to someone who really didn't want to play and want to get out, but I want to play. I want to be in the game. And um, I think that if we listen to that inner critic or that inner dream stealer that Elise talks about and we and we err on the side of on what that voice is saying or what that's telling us in a way it's like getting yourself out of the game it's like throwing the ball at yourself and why in the world would you want to do that i think that's kind of what jesus is asking here in this question like why would satan fight against satan why why would he cast out his, you know, his evil spirits, it, that would be silly. It seems like such a, a weird thing that they accused him of. But anyway, I, I like thinking about that. I want to stand. I don't want to just stand. I want to stay in the fight. I want to stay in the game. I don't want to give in to the balls that are coming my way, whether they're thrown by that inner dream stealer or thrown by me. By you. Yeah. It's not, it's not how I want to play. I love that picture so much. I have a couple of things I want to say about it. Actually one, I was the girl that liked to get, be in the front first. I wanted to have the first hit so I could sit on the side. I didn't want to have it <laughs> get me out. So I'm done. Thank you. Okay. Let's move on with life. Now I'm going to read a book. That was me. <laughs> While you all throw those balls around, but I love, love the idea because I can see myself so often in the dodgeball game of life, if you will, taking that ball and just throwing it at myself, uh, taking myself out of the game okay. because I didn't think one, that I was worthy to play, that I was smart enough to play, that I was quick enough to play, whatever. I just didn't think that there was a place for me in the game. And so that sort of what you're talking that divided thinking, uh, then just, yeah, it, I, I did. I wouldn't have been able to say that's what I was doing, but oh my goodness, that's so much what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, Susie. So I used the NIV and my word is divided actually. So I went in a different direction, which is fun. Uh, the Greek word for divided is meridzo, and it means to speak, to be split into factions. So like, I just think of, um, like my boys love 
you know, Star Wars or those kind of things. And when you fire that missile at the asteroid or whatever, right? Yeah, and it just, boom, it just goes in a, a bunch of different directions. Um, it's used, the same word is used in Mark 6, 41, where it's talking about Jesus feeding the multitude. And it says, when he'd taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed them, broke the loaves, gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. So it's like this idea that this thing that can be unified is then split into this, you know, multiple factions. I guess that's a word that we don't use. I don't use very much, but I just like divided, you know, just split apart. Uh, and the division of food, it got me thinking the division of food or of an inheritance, something like that of property can be a good thing. Right. But the division among that which needs to be unified to stay strong isn't good. And I thought about this so much in relationship to my family, um, how the enemy wants to create division among people who are supposed to help provide us with an understanding of unconditional love. And I think when we find that harder to trust in the people who are closest to us, like in a divided family, and I'm not just talking about like divorce or something because that, um, that's painful, but I'm talking about any kind of unit that, that would be so much beneficial if we were on the same wavelength of love. Right. Um, and so it can be people that are in the same house, right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, but I think that when we have division among on, on our earthly family, friendships, faith communities of people that we think are going to come around us and love us, then we find it harder to trust um, in the love and the safety and the provision of our heavenly father. And we do all kinds of things to find love when we don't feel like we're loved, whatever has made us feel, whatever factions, you know, split apart disunity, whatever has made us feel like we're not loved. Then we look for it in other places. Um, which is sometimes looking for it in other places is the way that we take that ball and throw it at ourselves. Right. Yeah. 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 Some of my deepest pain has come from division in my family and division in my church community. And all of the division has come from different value priorities. The thing that we think is the most worth discovering or protecting or following, um, we, you know, we, we stand or, you know, for that. And we make that like the main thing that we think we need to be about. But if we, as Jesus followers, and here's the big, but right. We're undivided in our determination to discover and follow the very nature, the very heart of our heavenly father, we would love each other the way that we're called to. Um, and so I just think about the way the enemy loves to split up families in terms of their thinking, whether it's extended families, family units, church families, ministry teams, you know, all of that. There's a song. I don't know if you know the song, Susie, it's Johnny Diaz. It's called define me. Do you know that song? It's yeah, it's so good. And one of the, the lyrics, and it says that the enemy takes the beauty in our diversity and he'll use it to divide. And so he takes like the very thing that is supposed to make us stronger and unified because you do this well, and you do this well, and you do this well. And if we come together, we stand like we stand strong, like together, but he wants to take those things and then use it to divide. And I think it's pretty easy to identify what that kind of split into factions looks like, like in a family, in a church family. But that's also what's happening in our mind as, uh, you know, when we wrestle with believing both how the enemy defines us and how God defines us. And um, yeah, when we're falling prey to how the enemy defines us, 
then we are throwing those dodgeballs at ourselves, taking ourselves out of the game. But when we stand firm in the way that God defines us, then our actions are going to be more loving and we will be one that, you know, stands in unity with others. Um, yeah, it's all for me anyway, it's become all about standing and being unified, not divided, if you will, has all come down to whether or not I believe God about who he says he is and who he says I am in him. So I love that we use different words this time. What, what other thoughts do you have? I, I love that too. And I think, uh, the, I think they really do go together. Um, so well, because if we're, if we want to stand, we need to be unified, right. With, with God's God's voice over the enemy's voice in our life, starting there. And then of course, with all the, the people in our lives that God's given different gifts and, mm-hmm. and parts to, but I also, I want to share kind of a, it's kind of a grotesque image, but it's sticking with me because I've yeah. read this in a book that I really love. And I've recommended before on this podcast, um, Chasing Vines by Beth Moore. And it, she talks about um, how Satan can conserve significant energy. This is actually a quote. Satan can conserve significant energy if we'll simply enlist as our own worst enemy. And I feel like we do the job for him or we're doing, we're, oh. we're ourselves out of the game. Um, so easily when really God just wants us to stand and we have, um, him on our side, God's on our side. So we should be we on should our be side this game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and stay in the fight. Right. And, ha- and so I guess, how do we want it to end up? Here's, here's the grotesque image that Beth writes about. She says that it's, if we are enlisting as our own worst enemy, it's good old fashioned autosarcophagy. I had to look at that pronunciation up. Autosarcophagy is the practice of devouring oneself. It's like cannibalism. It's like eating well, self-cannibalism, eating your own self, like devouring yourself. Self-worth, self-confidence, self-trust, self, I don't, love. I, I, yeah, the things that like, yeah, when we agree with God about who he says we are. Yes. So <sighs> whose side do we, do, who do we want to listen to? Which side do we want to end up on? I guess is the thing is in the moment, sometimes it's, super tricky and it's sort of overwhelming and it's easy probably to just listen to that dream stealer or the self or the critic or the um the enemy's whispers and lies but we need to think long term do we want to win this game do we want to stay standing or not do we want to just get out and be and have it be sort of a, a loss or a a waste. And I, I know what I want. I know I want to win. I want to stay standing. I want to listen to the truth of Jesus and who he says I am and who he made me to be and all the things that he has for me. So I want to remember. Yeah. And I think as we continue to put our two words together, if we will not do it within ourselves, 
then as we look for love in other places, we will be a catalyst for division in our circles, whether that's our family, our church, our ministry team, whatever our circle happens to be, even if we don't mean to be, we will, because we're needing something from the world and not getting it from God, we will be a source of division. And I don't want to, when you were talking, I went to Romans eight thirty one because it says, if God is for us, who can be against us, right? Yeah. We can, we can be against us. I just, I'm feeling that so strong from what we're talking about right now. We can, when our mind is divided, when, when we are thinking, uh, when we are thinking, aligning ourselves, like both with who God says we are and with who the enemy says we are, then ultimately the enemy is winning because it, we have no unity right? We have no unity within ourselves. And I may want to stand us at the side in a game of dodgeball, but I do not want to stand aside in this life, I, you know, in this Jesus fellowship, the way that he offers me life with him life. Like I don't want to be out of that game. It's reminding me of that. We have this little color chart that we use with our students at school when they want to tell us uh, how, about an emotion they're feeling. And if it's a negative, uh, like if they're feeling like really sad or angry, want to stay there in that feeling. And if the answer is no, we help them move into a, maybe a calmer space or try some strategies to feel a little bit more positive. Anyway, it's, it's how do you want this to end up? How do you want this to, to feel at the end? And I think every time we feel that lie against us or that whisper in our ear, we have to think about the bigger picture. We're in a battle. We're in a, it's more than a game. It's a big deal. It's, right. it's this life with Jesus. I want to stand. Yeah. Yeah. And stand in what he, on his truth and what he says about me. Yeah. Do we want to stay in the divided place? Because here's the thing, and I want to say this as an encouragement, we will have moments of, of, of dividing, of faction, of not standing, right? This is, this is the world. In this world, we will have trouble. In this world, we may have peace, right? That's what, uh, um, and so when we feel ourselves dividing our thoughts, hitting ourselves with the, or attempting to hit ourselves with the dodgeball, if you will, not standing, when we feel ourselves in that place, we can, all we need to do is remember God's promises and believe them. And we stand back up again. We put the ball down like, you, you know, and we, it's just a, it's a decision one to not self-condemn when we find ourselves doing that to make amends. If we have caused some division in our like insecurity or whatever the case may be, that's caused that. And, um, so, you know, to confess it to the Lord confess it to people if we need to, sometimes that's necessary and then stand up again, because there's always an opportunity for us to, um, just get stronger in this it's practice. I think recognizing that we're doing it and then choosing not to do it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So if you're battling any kind of division, I'm sure you are, <laughs> I'm sure there's something that is tempting you to not agree with God's promises or who he says he is. I just encourage you friend to remember it's entirely up to you. Um, if your house, your internal house is divided, uh, the house is you. And the more that we are 
undividedly. Is that a word for <laughs> undividedly focused on Christ? <laughs> I'm using it. The less division there is around us that threatens our security in him. And so, um, yeah, I think this is I, I, so good. That's so good. I love your pictures today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Angie. Yeah. And thank you, friend, for listening. Until next time. Peace.